There are many ways people listen to vision, including on smart speakers. Just tell your smart speakers to play Vision Christian Radio. Alexa, play Vision Christian Radio. Vision. Yep, it really is that easy. You can also say, play V180 Radio for our music channel. It's just another way that Vision is helping you look to God daily. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, as the news headlines have been talking about, anti-biker laws are making ripples all around the country, but especially in Queensland, where there are concerns that the tough new laws won't just apply to motorcycle riders, but could also be extended to apply to any group that attracts the attention of government or the police. We've got some insights today into how so-called outlaw motorcycle clubs are dealing with the challenge to their reputations as being tarred with the same brush as criminal gangs and what it might mean for civil liberties around Australia. In Sydney, Christian biker ministry, the Brotherhood Christian Motorcycle Club, are working alongside the outlaw clubs as they come to grips with the changes that are perhaps inevitable. Ian Forrest-Jones from the club is a minister of the gospel with Wesley Mission in Sydney, and he's speaking to Neil Johnson about the issues in the crackdown on bikies and the unique faith influence his club is bringing into the scene in the streets of Sydney. Ian, the laws are primarily targeted at what we've come to know as outlaw bikers, uh, people who are uh, involved in criminal activity. But that terminology, outlaw, isn't something that all bikers are comfortable with. No, not at all. Um, the, the correct term for the particular segment of the motorcycle subculture that the police and the government are targeting is one percenter. And there is a, a long history behind that phrase. If you go back to Hollister, oh, in the 60s, I believe it was. I should uh, look that up before we started talking. Um, there was a, a motorcycling event in the U.S., Hollister, California, where a, you know, fights broke out and there was dissent. But it was, you know, attached to a motorcycling race. And in the town where the partying was going on, things got out of hand, as they do when people drink alcohol, etc., etc., etc. Now... Afterwards, Life magazine published a photo of a, you know, rough and scruffy looking motorcyclist um, on a bike with beer bottles all around. And this was sensationalized, you know, to portray that this particular type of motorcyclist had caused a fuss and a riot broke out, et cetera, et cetera, which is far from the truth. Now, in the aftermath, it is reported that the American Motorcycle Association said that, um, 99% of motorcyclists are good, law-abiding citizens. Hence, the 1% are not. And so that became a bit of a badge of honor for what we now call disparagingly outlaw clubs. So the idea behind outlaw is simply motorcycle clubs who were not affiliated officially with the AMA and the states. So really, the correct term is one percenter to, to connect to that history, to, to, again, show that these groups are on the fringes of mainstream society, but for them that's a badge of honor. An outlaw is to imply criminal associations, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which may or may not uh, necessarily apply. Make sense? This does make sense, and it's this stereotyping that oh, uh, yeah. you're concerned about, as well as uh, everyone who's a member of a motorcycle club, because uh, everyone is the 99 are being considered as the one percenters. Mm. And to be fair, stereotyping is part of the culture. 
I mean, you, ha- you know, when you look at motorcyclists, particularly the one percenters, there is a particular brand, a lifestyle that goes with it. And that's what they are claiming because of those connections. So they do, they do themselves feed into stereotypes. However, the negativity around them is not always deserved, and hence the case here. Um, you will notice if you read the legislation, it doesn't actually mention anything about bikers at all. So the government is uh, implying this, that this is about those, those terrible motorcycle gangs, but in fact, it can be applied to absolutely anybody, and that's what we see happening in Queensland. They're applying it to regular motorcyclists. Christian clubs and their Bible studies have been um, raided. Military-style clubs have been raided. They're, doing, they're harassing everybody just for the sake of being motorcyclists. But they can, in fact, turn around and use these same laws for a sporting club, for a trade union, for anybody that gathers in three or more people uh, into some kind of group. And it's what civil libertarians are on the bandwagon about. They're saying it's not just motorcycle clubs that need to be concerned. It's uh, everyone who gets together in a group for any particular purpose. Absolutely. In New South Wales, when um, when the New South Wales government started to discuss the idea of these laws and introduced their own, two federal senators spoke up and asked if those same laws could be applied to religious groups speaking of Scientology and uh, I think it's the agape cult in the desert somewhere. But right away, they saw that this could be used for other groups, and those groups were religious groups. When the anti-consorting laws were introduced here in New South Wales, the first person to whom it was applied had absolutely nothing to do with a motorcycle club. He was a developmentally delayed young adult who found himself in a lot of trouble often, and the police applied anti-consorting to him and threw him in jail. So this is not about the bikers. The bikers are an easy scapegoat. And yes, they do get up to naughty behavior, but not all of them and not all of the time. So the stereotype is totally unfair. Uh, Let's talk about your club, Ian, Uh, the Brotherhood Christian Motorcycle Club. You've got a 35-year history, but the club, in fact, is intentionally quite small. Mm. Yeah, we, in comparison to other clubs, ours is a very, we have a very different model of our ministry. Um, being a member of our club is not um, part of our ministry. So every member is a mature Christian. And I'm not trying to suggest that others aren't, but for us, we're a bit more of a missionary society, you would say. Um, so the members, um, like myself, for instance, I'm a minister of a church, Wesley Mission in Sydney. Um, all of the members have a ministry that the club allows them and provides them the scope to do. Now, as the club, we have ministry amongst lifestyle bikers, be they one percenters or just the guy who jumps on his um, uh, chook chaser to go out for a weekend burl, you know? Um, but we draw alongside of them because we are bikers. We would ride a motorcycle whether we were Christians or not. We do it. We're part of that scene. But because of our faith and because of our evangelical condition, um, convictions, the club becomes a an avenue for us to connect with other motorcyclists and through that connection to draw alongside them, to support them, to love them and to show them God's grace and hopefully to share the gospel with them as the opportunity arises. And with your associations with those one percenters, because we're not calling them outlaws any longer, but if we call them Mm -hmm. those one percenters, what sort of feedback are you getting? Is there a fearfulness about what might be happening with uh, laws that would stop groups from gathering together? 
Oh, absolutely. And you'll see that in all of the states where the laws have been mentioned, the bikers have gotten together, not just one percenters, but military-style clubs, uh, Christian clubs. They've banded together into united motorcycle councils to to bring peace in the in the scene, as well as to um, to partner together to oppose these laws in, in whatever way we're able to. And despite the um, you know uh, the media in Queensland talking about these these councils being all cashed up, it couldn't be further from the truth. In every meeting, we're trying to get money from out of the, from out of all of the member clubs um, to be able to support this uh, legal challenges, and and they do have to, but they're doing it, knowing that it's not just about them. They're doing it with a sense of there's grander op- implications here, and so they're trying to partner with legal groups and and civil libertarians, etc., to to show that this is not merely about bikers. Ian, are you able to bring a, a Christian focus uh, into the sorts of conversations you're having with uh, members of these uh, one percenter clubs uh, with the influence that you're bringing from the Brotherhood Christian Motorcycle Club? Oh, goodness, yes, all the time. Because they know, see, it, it, in the motorcycle scene, it is all about integrity. Uh, again, the stereotype doesn't <laughs> lend itself to highlighting that fact. But it is about integrity. And because we live and ride beside these guys all the time, it's not about us being weekend warriors and we have a you know, motorcycle in the garage and we go out you know, when our wives let us. I ride my motorcycle every single day, to and from work, rain or shine. I prefer when it's not cold to ride, to ride, but you know. So because of the integrity of our motorcycling lifestyle, the people see that. And a 35 industry lends a lot of credibility. So when we let our faith shine through our words, through our deeds, um, in in whatever way, questions are asked and people listen. Um, we just had this past weekend, as a matter of fact, a, a carol service for bikers and their families. And I can assure you that the singing wasn't particularly tuneful, but it was a safe place for us to enjoy one another's company to sing some carols. But also in that, you know, the gospel was shared. I gave a message talking about how, you know, St. Nicholas was inspired by the story of Jesus to give gifts to people in his town and how his story then became what we now celebrate as Santa Claus, but that's so far from the truth of what the original intention was. So they listen. When we have our motorcycle show at Silverwater every year in May, Silverwater, Sydney, that is, the gospel is always shared. Testimonies are always given. And the guys listen because they know we are real bikers and because they see that we're honest in our life and in our faith. Ian Forrest-Jones is from the Brotherhood Christian Motorcycle Club in Sydney. We're talking about what we've known as outlaw motorcycle clubs or the one percenters and the relationship that the Brotherhood Christian Motorcycle Club has with those groups. Ian, talking about some of these new laws, what sort of feeling do you get uh, in the one percenter clubs uh, when it comes to uh, you know a, a rising up of anger and the militancy within in clubs? Is that happening? Oh, absolutely. Um, the, there's outrage, of course, but there's also fear, if, if I may say that. I mean, of course, they would never admit that. But a lifestyle is being challenged because at the end of the day, we're motorcyclists. Whether we, you know, whether we claim to be one percenters or whether we're just social bikers, the fact is around the motorcycles and around the fellowship and friendship that we build with other people because of the bikes, 
a lifestyle develops. You know, there, there are guys and girls who ride their bikes. They connect up with other bikers all over the place on rides and in events. And there really is a great friendship and a lifestyle that develops. Now, the opposition coming from the media police and the government threatens all of that. And that's why these anti-consorting laws in New South Wales are particularly bad. Why, you know, the Campbell Newman government in Queensland saying if three people riding a motorcycle together, we're going to have the right to pull them over. It, it's preventing that lifestyle. And so really it cuts to the core of everybody. But again, the, while there is outrage, they want the, the, the bikers want their voice heard and they want to show that it is about this lifestyle. It's not about any crime that may or may not happen. It's not about any violence, which... Again, sometimes happen, but it happens with any kind of group that gets together. Have you ever been to a church council meeting? It can get pretty rough sometimes, you know? So that's not, the, the lifestyle is not characterized by that. It's about the bikes and it's about the friendship. And so they want to show that it's about that, which is why in Queensland you see even the, um, the Mongols and I believe it's the Mandindos putting down their colors, opening up their clubhouses, you know, introducing tougher laws in their own clubs to say we will not put up with that kind of criminal and uh, behavior that arises out of substance abuse. They're quashing that. They're expelling it from their clubs and the people that practice that stuff because they want to show it is about the lifestyle. What you're saying is the clubs themselves appear to be taking some level of responsibility to expel that difficult criminal element from their very presence. Yes, absolutely. It's happened particularly in Queensland, but even here in New South Wales. When the the legislation was first proposed, as I mentioned earlier, the the, the bikers and the clubs got together to form this United Council. Now, yes, it was about protesting the laws, but it was also about finding a way of peace among the clubs. They didn't didn't want to keep fighting, and so they worked together to, to... corrected those wrongs or whatever it was that was separating in Queensland pardon me the big fuss was over that restaurant scene where um, uh, a number of members of one club went in and they started a fight because there was somebody in there well in the aftermath of that event which was a terrible event no one will deny that but in the aftermath of that the club in question expelled those members because the fight had nothing to do with the club the person that had a grievance with the person who was in the restaurant dragged the club into that fight and look what came down upon them so they expelled that member and others because they again you don't want to kick out people just because they have a criminal background it's not about that but they're they're showing that they're taking seriously the 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 culture in in their clubs and they're doing something to correct that at the heart the clubs are about a lifestyle around motorcycling and, that, and that's it, plain and simple. It is going to be difficult, isn't it, for clubs that have that image, uh, that stereotyping, uh, that, uh, you know, when we talk about the violence and those scenes that will continue to be replayed uh, on television of, uh, of violent events in, uh, in restaurants and such things where bikers have been. It's going to be very hard to actually change that image. It's, it's almost like an uphill battle that, that perhaps can't be won. Well, that's, there's the difficulty, <laughs> because the image is part of the reason why some of these guys get into those kinds of clubs. You know, the, the feeling of power, there's a hyper-masculinity around it, there's risk-taking behavior, that, that's all part of it, and it always has been part of the one-percenter scene. So what's happening now is 
the, the, the rhetoric against them and this legislation is really demanding that those clubs look very closely at their own internal cultures. What are they willing to keep? What are they willing to lose? And they'll, yeah, they'll have to, to make some decisions there. But, you know, the, the, the image won't change that much because that is part of what they do. But what they can do is highlight the positives of it. The fact is those clubs have been involved in toy runs and charity work long before the police said they're just doing that to change their image. They were always part of that. We're part of a, a toy run every Christmas here in Sydney um, that another club runs. And, and one percenters are part of that just as much as the, the weekend warrior. So, yes, they will have to look long and hard at their own cultures, but it's, it's happening. The self-evaluation is happening. Ian, what's the future for the Brotherhood Christian Motorcycle Club? You mentioned uh, you guys are a small but very mature Christian organization. You yourself, you're a, a minister of the gospel. You're leading a church. You're involved in the lives of people who are part of these one percenter groups. What's the future for uh, what sort of initiatives you guys might be implementing through the Brotherhood Christian Motorcycle Club? Well, we'll very much continue doing the same kinds or following the same kind of strategies we all have, always have, in the sense of we have our events that we put on, um, and we'll continue to promote those, like our Silver Water Show, like our Memorial Ride, like our Biker Carols. If you're ever in town, feel free to drop in on that. Um, but at the same time, also coming alongside bikers. But because of the legislation and because of the opposition to it, we are able to partner with a lot of the other clubs, be they one percenter clubs, military clubs, social clubs, whatever, and help to facilitate some of that protest and that opposition. So, for instance, one of our um, key members, uh, Greg Hurst, is is very much um, involved in the in the, the lobbying. Um, among politicians and helping to organize protest events. Um, and, and that's the kind of stuff we do because through that we're showing that these laws affect not just one percenters but affect every Australian. They affect even us. I can't tell you how many times I've been pulled over myself just to do a random check. But we'll come alongside them to show that it affects us but also to show that they are valuable people too. They deserve their rights. They deserve the freedom that every Australian enjoys. And through that, the hope is that they will see something about how it is our faith that spurs us on to do those kinds of things. You know, the gospel is about justice. The Archbishop of Sydney, um, the Anglican Archbishop, wrote a really great article in the Southern Cross about that very thing. It is about justice. And what's being perpetrated here is a, a denial of basic human rights that every Australian expects to enjoy. And so for the cause of justice, we're going to stand up for that and hopefully through that be given opportunities to share the gospel in a formal sense, you know, like at our event, but also in an informal one through the relationships that we build. And it comes. Well, there are big issues uh, that bikey clubs around Australia are facing and uh, good to know that you guys are at work there in Sydney. Uh, the Brotherhood Christian Motorcycle Club, Ian Forrest-Jones, is a minister of the gospel. He's one of the members of the Brotherhood Christian Motorcycle Club and actively working uh, with those one percenter clubs throughout Sydney. And Ian, it's just great to be able to hear your heartbeat on these things and also to get your insights into how bikers are feeling about some of the anti-bikey legislation that's being introduced around the nation. I appreciate you being with us today on 2020. It was my pleasure and thank you for your interest in the, in the issue. 
Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.